When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome, everybody, to The Walkthrough with me, Jamie Hoyle, and my guest this week, uh, Dennis Ackerman from the Believe in Raiders podcast. Dennis, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for uh, having me on. And I got to tell you, looking at that video of all the old San Diego Chargers stuff brings back a lot of memories. I, You know, I don't know what a bigger travesty is that the Chargers are no longer in San Diego or the Raiders are no longer in Oakland. I think it's probably uh, equal billing. Yeah, they're they're both travesties, and I was just thinking to myself, I love that clip that we that package that we run because of all the highlights. But we fit sixty years worth of highlights into one minute, and that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there's another team that's been more of a of a head scratcher, mysterious of why they haven't been more successful than the Chargers over the last couple of decades. Really, I mean, everybody you talk to, it's like, why can't this team? figure it out the talent is there everything seems to be there but they just can't seem to figure it out for whatever reason yeah i'm sure we'll get into it but it's got a lot to do with the coaching and um something that's never going to change which is the ownership and mm -hmm. uh the family running the team so uh but we'll get into that here in a few minutes so um i wanted to kind of kick off the conversation by asking you about josh mcdaniels um he's somebody that chargers fans have been begging for the team to hire for god it seems like a decade now um, and I've always said, no, the guy can't handle people. He's terrible. You don't want him anywhere near your organization. So what, what went wrong? What, what ultimately led to his dismissal and what were some of the issues and problems that the Raiders dealt with, with McDaniels? Well, when Mark Davis hired him, he was supposed to be this offensive guru that was going to help fix whatever seemed to ail Derek Carr. Uh, he was going to put this offense together. He had the weapons, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, and for some reason, this offense, uh, in particular this year, struggled under him. Uh, they averaged under 16 points a game with all those names I just gave you that brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. He was supposed to be Josh McDaniels' guy. They jettisoned Derek Carr, who's now with the New Orleans Saints. And 
for some reason, what was supposed to be the strength of this team was the biggest weakness. Now, in McDaniel's defense, the offense has not gotten much better uh, under interim head coach Antonio Pierce. They've actually regressed a little bit because basically they're working with a rookie head coach, a rookie uh, offensive coordinator now, and a rookie quarterback. So, look, I think there was numerous things with McDaniel's. I think he was a little bit too regimented trying to be uh, like his predecessor, uh, Bill Belichick, and it just wasn't a good fit. It was just a matter of when, not if, but when is Mark Davis going to realize he made a mistake. Uh, and I think it just came to a boiling point after that embarrassing Monday night game uh, against the Detroit Lions. The Raiders lost 30 to 14. And to be honest with you, it wasn't even that close. And after that, I think Mark realized, look, it, uh, this is not a good fit. I'm going to go separate ways. Uh, so I have to go with Antonio Pierce. And here we are sitting at five and eight and on the outside looking at the playoffs and look at at this point, the Raiders are playing for pride, see where they're going to draft uh, in 2024 and see where this franchise is headed, uh, what kind of direction they're headed in after uh, this year. So when they dismissed McDaniels, there were a lot of stories about a team meeting that kind of spurned that decision about how the players were reacting to him versus how they were reacting to Antonio Pierce. So what, what was it about Pierce that the players were drawn to? And what was it about McDaniels in that meeting that was kind of the icing on the cake? So from everything that I read, McDaniels actually didn't talk. It was uh, Antonio Pierce talking for McDaniels. And look, Antonio Pierce is a former player. Uh, I think the guys can relate to him. Uh, he won a Super Bowl with the New York Giants. Uh, his story when he was undrafted. Uh, had a cup of coffee in Washington and then basically became a starting linebacker and a team captain with the New York Giants. And I think especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, a lot of guys took to Antonio Pierce. And the Raiders defense has really gotten better uh, this year when Pierce was the linebackers coach. Uh, and Patrick Graham uh, is now the defensive coordinator. He still is. But the Raiders actually have a top 10 defense now in points allowed. Uh, Jamie, the last time the Raiders had a top 10 uh, scoring defense was 2002 the last time they went to the Super Bowl. So a couple decades of futility as you, yes, exactly. So look, the defense has gotten better with Antonio Pierce, but the offense, uh, like I just said, is uh, it's just a head scratcher with as much talent as they have on that side of the football. I mean, they have not scored a touchdown in six quarters. They got shut out by Minnesota and they were shut out the previous uh, game in the second half against the Kansas city Chiefs. So, um, you know, whether it doesn't seem to be a matter who's coaching this team right now, they can't get the offense going. I can one up you on that. The Chargers, before they scored in the fourth quarter against uh, Denver last week, had not scored, had scored one offensive touchdown in 11 quarters. If you can believe that with that offensive personnel. See, that's more of a head scratcher to me because you look at Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, who I know is not going to play, but it seemed to me the quarterback's position is fine with the Chargers and your skill position. So that's even more confusing to me how a team with that much talent on the offensive side of the ball can't put up any points. I, I just, I, I don't get that. They have not been able to move the ball consistently without Mike Williams. They can't run the ball. They can't protect Herbert. Um, and teams can take Keenan away. You know, you can bracket him. You can do things to make things make life difficult on him. Um, and they don't have anybody else right now who they can count on to catch the ball and make plays. So it's really making things difficult. They're having a really hard time protecting Herbert. Um, just extra rusher, overload blitz. You get a free rusher at him every time. They just they can't account for it for whatever reason. Jamie, sounds like we're making this one out to be a high-scoring game Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> A low seven six six three. <laughs> that certainly would not surprise me. Oh boy.
uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be uh, high on entertainment value. We'll put no. It that way. <laughs> I think only faithful fans of the Chargers and the Raiders will be watching this one. And maybe not even some of them. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned the Raiders offense, you know, they've got some personnel, Josh Jacobs, who am I mistaken? He's not playing this week. Questionable. It'll be a game time decision. Okay. Obviously Devonte Adams, um, Hunter Renfro, who seems to have completely disappeared from the offensive game plans this, this season. And for a good chunk of last year, even for whatever reason, um, but issues at quarterback. So what, what's going on at quarterback? Do the Raiders believe in Aiden O'Connell? Is he the guy? What what kind of things are they doing to make life easier on him and try to move the football? Well, unfortunately, uh, Aiden O'Connell does not have a good offensive line. Let's start there. This offensive line has regressed for some reason. Uh, the team did not address it in the offseason. Their best offensive lineman is their starting left tackle, Colton Miller. He's missed three out of the last four games. I don't expect him to play on Thursday night. Uh James, uh, Andre James, the starting center, is going to be out tomorrow night. So this is an offensive line that struggles uh, to open up any holes in the run game for Josh Jacobs and to protect the quarterback. So they're going to be down two starters. So that gives you that kind of where is the where the problems begin with this Raiders offense is the offensive line. And like I said, you put in a rookie quarterback to go along with a rookie head coach and a rookie um, offensive coordinator and just that combination. O'Connell, you know, he had time against Minnesota, but he just looked confused. He looked very lost. His, his footwork was not good. So, look, he's come in. He's thrown four uh, touchdown passes, uh, seven interceptions. He's cl- completing around 65% of his passes. He's won a couple of games, uh, but he's only got a few games left in his audition. And right now, uh, look, at the offensive line is a huge need. But right now, the Raiders, their biggest need going into the next draft is find a franchise quarterback. They brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. They thought he was going to be the answer. One, he couldn't stay healthy, and when he did, he didn't look confident behind playing behind that offensive line. Uh, he was leading the NFL in interceptions when Antonio Pierce took over and benched him. So it starts with the offensive line, but the quarterback position is one, the biggest one that they have to solve and figure out in 2024, and I don't think it's Aiden O'Connell right now. I'd say that's probably a pretty fair assessment. Um one of the things that stood out to me about him the last time the Chargers and the Raiders played was it seemed like he was having a really hard time with ball security in the pocket. Um, obviously, the line didn't help with that, but I think he fumbled the ball three times in that game, uh, took a bunch of sacks, and it just seemed like he was having a hard time protecting the football. Has that has that improved at all in the pocket? Yeah, you know, that was his first start, and Khalil Mack obviously uh, had a day to remember for the Chargers in that game. What, he have six sacks, I believe, against yep. Uh, yeah, so I don't think Khalil's going to get six this time around, but you but you never know. But, yeah, that was his first start. He was clearly holding on to the football too long. So fumbles haven't been the issue with him. It's been the interceptions, as I mentioned. He's throwing seven now, and he's a little bit reluctant to run. Sometimes when you're watching the games, you'll see perhaps, okay, Aiden, you got some room to run. Just tuck it and take off. Or maybe if the first read is, is there, even though it's just a dump off, take it. He's, he has a tendency to still hold on to the ball too long, and as a result – they are racking up a lot of sacks against him, especially in particular. Minnesota had five last Sunday. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about the Raiders' defense a little bit. Uh, obviously, we all know Max Crosby is a terror. Um, he, it's and you said the defense is improving, so I assume there's more things going well, going right for the Raiders on the defensive side of the ball than just Max Crosby. So, what kind of changes has Antonio Pierce made? Um, what's, 
what's going right for them on the defensive side of the ball? Well, Robert Spillane has probably been the biggest surprise. He was a free agent signing. Uh, he played last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They brought him in, and he has played fantastic, not only in the past, but the run game. He's also second on the team uh, in interceptions. So keep an eye on him, Charger fan. He wears number 41. He's been a big difference maker uh, on that side of the football for the silver and black. The Raiders also have a lot of young cornerbacks who are actually playing well right now. you got Nate Hobbs, Ja'Cory and Bennett, uh, Meek Robertson. They let go. Uh, Marcus Peters, uh, I don't think he was probably very good in the um, in that locker room. And Antonio Pierce said, you know what, this is a culture I'm trying to change here. They let him go, and they've actually played pretty well. They play a lot of zone defense, so they try to keep everything in front of them and not give up any big plays on the back end. In the beginning of the season, uh, Jamie, they were struggling a lot. That defense was not good. A lot of teams weren't respecting him. A lot of teams were going forward on fourth down and converting. But things have changed. Like I said, they uh, have a top 10 scoring defense now, giving up uh, just under 20 points a game. And since Antonio Pierce has taken over, they've really only had one bad game, and that was against Kansas City when they gave up 31 points. But, I mean, they held the Miami Dolphins. We know how good potent that offense is. They held them to 20. So they're doing a lot of good things on that side of the football, unfortunately, on the offense. Uh, they haven't held up uh, their end of the bargain. What can we expect to see from like a coverage standpoint? You mentioned zone defense. Do they have uh, particular coverage packages, particular looks that they lean on more heavily than others? You know what? They just pretty much they'll rotate a lot of those corners. Uh, Trayvon Merrick back in and Marcus Epps, who they uh, signed, uh, uh, he was a free agent, came over from Philadelphia. He's been known to be uh, better in the run, but he's actually played very well in the past. And the Raiders, um, their secondary has gotten better in terms of creating turnovers via interceptions. I believe they have 14 this year which is the most they've had in about five seasons. Now they still struggle a little bit uh, to force fumbles. That's one area where the defense is still a little weak. I think they've only forced uh, or had three fumble recoveries this year. So, look, they're going to play mostly uh, zone. They're going to rely on Max Crosby and the rest of the defensive front to try to pressure the quarterback and put pressure on them uh, to get the ball out and then gang tackle. Like I said, they have done a good job of preventing a lot of big plays and if they can keep everything in front of them, their tackling has improved tenfold over a year ago. And that's been the key uh, to the success over the last, I'd say, six, seven games on the defensive side. It sounds a lot like what the Chargers try to do. Play zone defense, keep everything in front of you and tackle. The Chargers just don't tackle or cover or do much of anything right on defense. So it's been a bit of an issue. Um Letting people catch the ball and then not being able to get them on the ground has been a huge challenge for the Chargers all year long. But, Jamie, what's been the difference is because when we saw the Chargers early in the season, like I said, Khalil Mack had, what, the six sacks and for the and I think the limited Raiders to 17 points. So what's been the difference that since then? Because the Chargers' defense looked very good to me that day. Um, their defense is very prone. Actually, it's been a little bit better the last couple weeks. They've been – very prone to giving up the big play, particularly against the run. Now that the run defense, I'm sorry, against the pass, the run defense had been better for most of the season. Now they're starting to get leaky against the run as well. But what you see is big cushions. I'm talking eight, 10, 12 yard cushions playing cover six, cover four, trying not to let anybody get, get past you deep and still getting gashed up the seams uh, for big chunk plays and getting beat over the top. So uh, that's been their, their bugaboo really all season. Um, didn't see it as much against the Patriots because the Patriots don't have an offense. 
um, um, saw it in in spots, mostly when the defense was tired against the Broncos last week. Um, but you've just seen quarterbacks comfortable standing in the pocket, delivering 15, 20 yard strikes up the seams down the field and just gashing the chargers, not, not being able to get off the field on third down, um, you know, giving up six, seven, eight yards on first down, just not really good at much of anything outside of Mac and, uh, to Tuli Tuli Pelotu getting to the quarterback. So if O'Connell has, let's just say a little bit of time, then you can expect Adams and Renfro and Myers to be running, uh, roaming around in that uh, secondary free. I mean, it, since Brandon Staley has been with the Chargers, I do not recall them covering Devonte Adams at all. So, and Adams was hurt in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. I think he got hurt in the second or third quarter of that game. Missed a good chunk of the game. He did, but I think he came back and put up some big numbers in, in that yeah. one. I do. I think he did leave in the first half. I think he injured his wrist. Uh, if that memory serves me correct, you're right. But he did come back, and I think he did play it uh, well in the second half. Yeah, he's always open against the Chargers. Um, they they'll try to have Asante Samuel Jr. cover him because he's really their best cover corner. He's kind of he's too small to cover Adams, and Adams gives him fits as a route runner. Um, Michael Davis can't tackle. He was benched recently, but the guy that replaced him is hurt. So they're really thin at corner. Um, they're kind of they're thin in the secondary in general. So uh, yeah, I would expect Adams to have another big game. Um, I don't know about Renfro. It seems like they handle Renfro pretty well for the most part. Um, and, uh, Jacoby Myers, I think had, I think he played pretty well the last time the Chargers played them. Yeah. Had he's been a pleasant, catches. he's been a pleasant surprise when, when the Raiders signed him, uh, I didn't know much about him. The only thing I knew was the, uh, the, the previous year, he was the one who threw the lateral pass at Chandler Jones snared out of the air and then knocked over Mac Jones and ran it back for a touchdown on the final play <laughs> of the game for the Raiders to beat the Patriots. When the Raiders signed him, I was like, okay, but he's been, he's been, uh, He's played very well for the Raiders. He's been consistent throughout the season. He's been uh, uh, probably the number two offensive weapon just behind Devontae Adams. But uh, Myers has been key for the Raiders' offense uh, so far this season. Have the Raiders figured out how to get Renfro involved again, or is he still struggling to stay involved? No, the, Antonio Pierce, has, uh, the offense is definitely – he's been seeing the field a lot more since Pierce took over as coach. I think nobody could figure out why – Hunter Renfro was in Josh McDaniel's doghouse. I mean, this was a guy two years ago – caught over a hundred balls and we used to call him third Renfro because it seemed like he was always open on third down converting uh, into first downs. And then he, last year he did get hurt. And for some reason it just wasn't good, a good fit in McDaniel's system. There was talk about trading him in the off season. That didn't happen. They uh, drafted Trey Tucker. It seemed like uh, out of Cincinnati, he was going to come in and take Renfro's spot. That really hasn't panned out yet. So um the Monday night game against Detroit, Renfro played a season high. I don't know how many plays it was. And I thought, okay, they're just showcasing him to trading him. Uh, but then the next day, McDaniels got fired. And since then, um, Renfro's role in the offense has certainly increased. I think he had three catches last week to lead the team. But he also had a key fumble uh, inside the red zone. When the, no, the game was scoreless and the Raiders perhaps – uh, we're going in for the touchdown, which might have been the only touchdown of that game. But yeah, Renfro's uh, his productivity uh, and his playing time has certainly increased under uh, head coach Antonio Pierce. So, do you think Pierce is someone who might be in line to get hired as a full time head coach, or do you think they're shopping for a, a big name coach moving forward? You know, so right now they're two and three under Antonio Pierce. And looking at the schedule, Jamie, this looks like their last winnable game because after this, they've got the Colts, they have the Chiefs in Kansas City, and they've got the Denver Broncos. 
And so that would get them to six wins, which would match their win total from a year ago. Uh, he would likely finish with just three wins uh, on an interim basis. They're finished six and 11 with him and three wins. I don't think that gets him the job. Look, I know the players like him. They rally around him. They listen to him. He listens to the players. I think they have a good relationship. But the man who's going to make the decision is Mark Davis. And so far he's proved he cannot make the correct decision uh, since he has come in. They've gone through a lot of coaches, uh, Dennis Allen, uh, Jack Del Rio, uh, John Gruden again. Um, Rich Passaccia did a great job as the interim coach. And I think a lot of people felt that he should have got the job. But at the time, Mark Davis wanted someone with an offensive mind. That's why he brought in Josh McDaniels. Uh, that didn't work. Now he's got another interim head coach. Now he's got to make another decision in the offseason. Do I bring back Pierce, which is highly unlikely at this point? And what kind of coach is he looking for? Is he looking for an offensive mind? Is he looking for a defensive mind? Is I don't know. He hasn't got it right yet. So it's it, it, we'll see. Nobody knows at this point with Mark Davis. And you mentioned the family business. You know, uh, Mark hasn't done that great of a job since taking over for Al back in 2011. Yeah, you know, you mentioned... If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Um, Riz Pisaccia and the, another name that came to mind of somebody who I thought they should have hired at the time and didn't was Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Um, two guys who were interim coaches who did really well. The players responded to them and were basically begging for the team to hire and they didn't do it. Um, and I know there are some Chargers fans who are really kind of hoping they don't, they don't hire, um, Pierce just because of the way the players are responding to him. Do you think they'll shop for a big name guy? Like I, I've heard rumors that they might want to bring Gruden back. I've heard rumors they they might hire Harbaugh. Um, or do you think they'll shop for somebody they can control a little bit more? Yeah, I don't think they would bring Gruden back for a third time. I'm not sure the league would even allow that. And, and Harbaugh is a name that is always associated with the Raiders. That's where he got to start uh, on the Raiders staff. Uh, he was very close with the, with the late Al Davis uh, Harbaugh. The thing with Harbaugh, look, he's a proven winner, whether it's been at Stanford, whether it's been with the 49ers, whether it's been with the Michigan. But at the same time, Jamie, always drama with with John Harbaugh. It's just, is he worth all the headaches off the field that he brings and all this drama? I mean, he's a proven winner. But, Jamie, as you know, the Raiders have enough drama off the field to deal with. They don't need anything more. They need calm. They don't need chaos. They need calm. And I don't know if John Harbaugh brings comp. He brings, you know, winning resume. There's no if and buts about that, whether it's at the college level or the NFL level with all the success he had with the 49ers. But just this team has had enough drama, whether it's been in Oakland, L.A., or in Vegas. They don't need any more. So I, I, I don't know. You almost – it's a great question. I just don't know which way Mark Davis is going to go at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Harbaugh with the Chargers. Apparently he's – enamored with Justin Herbert and there's thought that he might want the job and that there may be some mutual interest with the team as well. Um, and the thing that I always say is he's the guy that I wanted them to hire when they hired Brandon Staley. And the reason is because he has that proven track record. He, you know, he's going to win. Um, 
the downside is, you know, he's not going to be there very long, mm. you know, five, maybe six years. He's going to piss everybody off and he's going to be gone and he's going to burn every bridge. So he better have a good staff behind him. But if you want to win, you're, you, you could be looking at two AFC title games in five or six years, which maybe there's a trade off there. So uh, hard to say exactly what's going to happen with either team. I think, you know, we mentioned the family business a couple times. I think that's one of the biggest things that's that's, hand, that's holding both teams back right now. I know it's holding the Chargers back. Uh, John Spanos making football decisions has not gone well for them. This is going to be his fourth head coach hire now. Um, yeah, fourth. And the first three did not go very well. So is he going to get out of the way and hire somebody who knows what they're doing? Is he going to hire somebody else he can control and manipulate? We don't know. We're hoping he maybe he wants to win and be taken seriously because right now it's hard to take him seriously. And I think the Raiders are in a similar situation. Jamie, we, let me ask let me ask you this. Looking at both the Chargers and the Raiders situations right now, which is a better job? If Brent, we're, we're assuming Brandon Staley gets fired at the end of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. I, okay, I would so say it's pretty. In my opinion, it should be pretty much a lock that he's gone. Okay. Um, I'd be very surprised if he's back. I, they've been frustrated with him really since week two. Uh, there was talk that they might even fire him if they had lost to the, to the Patriots two weeks ago. Uh, they kind of backed off that when they weren't sure if Keenan Allen was going to play, but that was, that was the talk was if they lost to the Patriots, that was going to be the final straw and they were going to, they were going to end that relationship. Um, now I've lost track of the question. What do you um, think is a more attractive job? Oh, more attractive job. Raiders, everything being as is right now. What is the more attractive job in the offseason? What do you think? Well, it looks like both are going to have a shot at a top 10 pick. So that's going to be very intriguing for both. Uh, you have the downside of the family business kind of operation for both. So you don't have that working in favor of one or the other. Um, both have kind of, I think, bloated rosters. Um Veteran wise, I, I, the Chargers are probably in worse cap situation than the Raiders are. I know the Chargers are like 50 or $60 million over the cap next year. And they're going to be in a position where they're going to have to cut Bosa or Mac Allen or Williams. They're probably going to lose Corey Lindsley. Um, there's going to be a lot of very tough decisions to make cap wise. I'm not that familiar with the Raiders cap situation. Are they, are they in a decent cap position? They, they are the only big hit they could possibly be taking uh, what to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. He would be a big cap hit uh, if they do let him go after this season. But other than that, they're actually in pretty good shape. You know, the Raiders have some pieces. Like I said, they've got Adams, uh, Josh Jacobs. He'll be, a, he'll be a free agent. It's just the quarterback. That's the thing is, I, I, like you said, the Chargers aren't in good shape in terms of cap. But the Chargers have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. The Raiders don't have one, and there's no guarantee you're going to get one in the draft. I mean – I've heard there could be five quarterbacks who could be taken in the first round. But as you know, as anybody else, the draft is a crapshoot. You, you don't know what you're going to get. So, look, at least the Chargers have their franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. I know he's out for the rest of the year. But that's the one thing that if I'm looking at these two jobs, I'm like, I've got my quarterback. With yeah. The Raiders, I'm not quite sure. There's some pieces in place, but I don't have a quarterback. And I don't know if I'm going to get one in the draft, even though it looks like they will have probably, like you said, a top 10 pick, but there's still no guarantee that rookie pans out. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think Herbert is a very big check mark in the chargers favor. Anytime you've got that franchise quarterback to start with, um, 
that's obviously a huge advantage when you're talking about what, a, what what's going to draw a coach. Um, and I think, you know, you can look at the Chargers cap situation two ways. You can say, well, they're kind of screwed. They've got to cut all these guys. And what's the roster going to look like for a new coach? Or you can look at it and say, hey, whoever comes in is going to be able to put their fingerprints on this team, make their decisions about who to cut, who to keep. Um, and they're going to have a lot of say about what this roster looks like moving forward, um, which I think, you know, if you're talking about an experienced head coach might be a draw of like, Hey, these guys should be winning. Why aren't they winning? I'm going to go put my fingerprints on them and, and make this a reality. So I, I would think the chargers are the, the better. I'm biased, obviously. No, no, I don't think, I you, think I don't they're think the better option. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, Justin Herbert is the big reason uh, why I think it, it's a more attractive job. I don't think you're being biased at all. Uh, let me ask you, who has a worse home field advantage right now, the Chargers or the Raiders? They're both pretty bad. I think, mean, yes, I know. I mean, they're both they're both basically tourist attractions at this point. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you're comparing, it's probably a dead heat. They're they're both awful. Um, I guess the one thing that I would say is in LA, if you win, you're going to draw. Um, and I don't know that you're ever going to have a stable fan base in Los Angeles. You know, it's, I think it's always going to be that date that the opposing team circles on their calendar to go to Vegas and turn it into a weekend. And granted you have that with the chargers too, but if you win with the chargers in LA, you're going to draw. Yeah. I'm, uh, I tend to agree. I mean, you, you turn on the TV and every time, whether it's the Chiefs, you see all the red. I mean, all the purple last Sunday with the Viking fans and the Vikings are five or were like they were six and seven. They weren't much better than the Raiders, but um, the Raiders is right now haven't done much since they've relocated. Mark Davis got a stadium, but he does not have a loyal fan base like he had in Oakland. I mean, you would see visiting fans. In Oakland, but not like you're seeing in Vegas. Like you said, it's a destination. Well, like you said, once the schedule comes out, okay, our team's playing in Vegas. We're going for the weekend. You, you know, we, season ticket holders, the Raiders aren't winning. They're not, they're not entertaining. They're not an entertaining team at all. We'll put our tickets up for sale, and you can see all the visiting team colors uh, every home game. I, you know, it's just it's it's different. I mean, they needed a new stadium. There's no doubt about it, but. Uh, once they, once Mark Davis committed to Vegas, he got a stadium, but he certainly didn't get his fan base with him as well. And they may have overestimated the ability and willingness of Raiders fans from Oakland to travel to Vegas. Yeah, um, big difference between being in Vegas and, and in Los Angeles. Yeah. Much easier. I mean, you got flights from the Bay Area down to L.A. every hour on the hour. And it's just much easier. You can get in the car and drive and you're there, you know, four or five hours where people from the Bay Area, it's, they're not going to Vegas and I don't know how many people still go uh, to Vegas from Los Angeles, but as you said, I think uh, Davis might have overplayed his hand. No pun intended. Yeah, I think so. Um, so what do you, what do you think this game is going to look like tomorrow? What's your expectation? Well, look, you and I were talking before. The Raiders are coming off a three nothing loss. The Chargers, what six nothing? They beat the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, East scored thirteen points in their last eight quarters. Okay, the Raiders have scored three points in their last six quarters. So Aiden O'Connell versus Easton Stick. Can you, okay, before I go there, who is Easton Stick? Please let, tell me and tell Raider fans who, who want to know who the hell is this guy. He is one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of Division II college football. Uh, starting quarterback for the North Dakota Bisons, I believe. I think that's right. 
Um, and I think he won some, I think he was like 45 and three in four years at North Dakota. Um, and that's pretty much where the accolades end. He's, you know, he's a six foot tall, 195 pounds soaking wet quarterback. Uh, he's, um, good athlete. You know, he's good on his feet. He can extend plays, get out of the pocket. Arm strength is a little lacking. Um, you know, you'll probably see a lot of three to seven yard passes for the most part. He did hit a deep pass to Quentin Johnston last week that got some fans excited. Um, I, I never understood it. There's a, there's a section of the chargers fan base that just loves Easton stick. Um, I, I can't explain it personally, but there, I mean, when Herbert became the starting quarterback, there were some chargers fans who thought that stick should have got the first crack. So that's I, absurd. I, I know. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't disagree at all. Um, I, but they, they love him. I, I guess it's that little guy mentality, the, 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 you know, plucky scrappy little guy is easy to root for. Um, but I think it's gonna be pretty ugly. Well, Jamie, I'm, let me ask you this. Keenan Allen, I read is out, uh, for Thursday. So who's he throwing to? <laughs> Good question. Uh, we've been asking that all year, even with Keenan on the field. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Cause Keenan tears up the Raiders. He's always had a lot of huge games, no matter who's quarterback. And he has always been a thorn in the Raiders side over the years. Yeah. So Mike Williams is out. Right. Um, Joshua Palmer recently, his 21 day window to come off the IR was recently activated. I think last week, uh, he had a couple full days of practice this week. So we'll see if he plays. Uh, but if he doesn't play, you've got Jalen Guyton, who two years ago was a Chargers speed option. Um, but some Chargers fans have taken to calling him Jalen Gut, um, Jalen Glutton, because he's got a little bit of a dad bod now since coming back from a knee injury. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Uh, Alex Erickson, a 31 year old journeyman practice squad wide receiver who got the game ball against the against the Patriots 2 weeks ago because he caught the he caught the pass that basically allowed the Chargers to put the game away. Um and then Quentin Johnston who has dropped more balls than he's caught this year. And uh Darius Davis, their fourth round wide receiver uh last year who basically is just a kick returner. You'll see you might see him run the ball on a on a jet sweep every once in a while or even be in the backfield on occasion. Uh but they don't really throw the ball to him. So, and then Gerald Everett um, is their tight end and they'll throw to Eckler when he's on the field, but not a whole lot there. Wow. Uh, and the Raiders are averaging just over 15 points a game. They're one of the worst scoring offenses in the league. So what I just said with that, what you just said with that first one to 10, it that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Very likely even. Wow. Oh my goodness. 10, 10, three, 10, seven, maybe. Can we get two touchdowns? Combined 10, six, 10, seven, <laughs> and nine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's uh, so what we're saying is bet the under, whatever it is, bet because I know the Raiders are favored by three. So, whatever I, I didn't look at the over under, but whatever it is, go sounds like go way under. And that says a lot about both teams that the Chargers don't have Justin Herbert or Keenan Allen, and the Raiders are only favored by three, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're selling this as a great game, aren't we? <laughs> we sure are. Yeah, it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be painful, I think. 
love to hear. I can't wait for Al Michaels to be calling this and get his little sarcastic jabs in. And oh boy. Oh, it's been (laughs) bad the last two weeks watching Chargers games. I mean, we've had the announcers for CBS just routinely saying, God, this is a mess. What's going on here? What is Brandon Staley doing? This is such a mess. Just in and out of commercial breaks, ripping his fourth down decisions, um, criticizing his game management. Uh, it's just, it's bad. It's a, it's a hard watch. Two teams uh, pretty much going nowhere, looking ahead already to the 2024 draft. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I know, I know I'm looking forward to it. We do a lot of draft work on our podcast, so I'll, we'll, I'll probably be starting to watch uh, draft prospects here pretty soon. The thing is, I don't have any faith in the Raiders drafting because they they can't get it right. I mean, Tyree Wilson, who was their the number seven overall pick, he missed all of training camp because of a foot injury that he suffered uh, in his last year of college. He's actually starting to play a little bit better, but the number seven overall pick has just two and a half sacks uh, on the season now. Granted, he wasn't expected to play as big as role, uh, but with Chandler Jones having it's off the field issues, Wilson got pressed into duty and. Um, but the Raiders, uh, year in and year out, have certainly whiffed on their draft choices. Alex Leatherwood, who they took uh, a couple years ago, starting right tackle, he's not even in the league. And they took him just a few years ago. So uh, not a lot of faith on the Raider front office over the years to get it right in the draft either. Yeah, the 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 Wilson draft pick was one that confused me because, like I said, we do a lot of draft work on our, on our podcast. And he was somebody that I, I get the measurables because he's big and he's an yes, athlete. Yes, he is. Um, but that's about where it stops. Yeah. I mean, you're really banking on projection at that point with him. Um, there just wasn't a lot on tape to be excited about in my opinion in college. So I, I was, I was surprised when I was hearing top 10, top five type projections for him. I, not something I saw coming. No, I was didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dennis, I think that's going to do it. Do you have anything else you want to add before we jump out of here? No, I think my biggest thing was who is Easton stick and you broke him down. He broke down the, uh, the offense of the chargers. So actually coming out of here, I don't expect a great game, but I'm actually thinking the Raiders might actually win this one. Like we said, 10, six, maybe 10, seven and get their sixth win to match last year's total and be like, okay, it is what it is. I'll take it. Well, I'd actually be okay with the Raiders winning. Cause that means the Chargers get one step closer to being in the top 10. <laughs> so, uh, I would not hate that. Um, well, Dennis, I really appreciate you coming on. I thought it was a fun conversation. I'm sure our audience is going to enjoy it. So thank you so much. Um, you're welcome to come on anytime. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Jamie, thanks so much for having me. Greatly appreciate it. You're very welcome.